I want to share for a few moments this morning, and my, my intention is to be brief because we have baptism and are sharing at the Lord's table. I want to invite you, if you look on uh, page six of your worship guide, you'll find an outline there that will give you an opportunity to take notes and interact with us throughout this message and to revisit it, should you care to, at a later time. Based on this passage in Luke chapter 24 and verses 1 through 12, I want to share from the thought or from the subject, why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek the living among the dead? And there are four things that I want to bring out in this passage. Hope you've got something to write with. Four things we want to note in the passage. Number one, the reality of this dilemma. The angel asked the women in verse 5, why do you seek the living one among the dead? And this question that the angels pose to the women is a dilemma that we all face. So the reality of this dilemma is that we are all guilty of this. That's your next point there. We are all guilty of this. We are all at some time in our life guilty of seeking the living among the dead. At some time in our life, we're always, we're in a place where what we need is one place, but we're seeking it somewhere else. The, the Bible tells us, Apostle uh, Paul in Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 12 and verse 23, it says that, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have already charged that both Jew and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of us, this, this question of why do we seek life among dead things and dead places and in, in dead people. And the dilemma is, is that the reality of it is, is that we all do that from time to time. And it's easy to, to be overcome with guilt about that. It's easy to lament that. But what we see in this passage, and this is the next point, not even Jesus's family and closest friends fully believed all that he told them. So when you're tempted to lament and say, I'm believing the wrong things and I'm looking for life in dead places, understand that we're in the company. <laughs> we share that place, that role with Jesus' family and with his closest disciples. And we see that, don't we? When, when, when Mary Magdalene and the women went to the tomb, what were they looking for? What did they expect to find? A dead body. 
And so they had prepared spices and they were going to prepare the body. They were going to, to, to put spices to, to uh, help with the smell. <laughs> they went expecting to find one thing, but they found something else. They were looking in the wrong place. And, and we are like that too. It's a dilemma that we all face. So this begs the question, and here's number two, the reason we are all guilty of this dilemma. Why are we all guilty, if I could put it this way, of looking for life in all the wrong places? <laughs> Why are we guilty of it? Well, we talked about it when we read Romans chapter 3. But, but, but let, let's just take it even a little farther. Let me note this. I've said it before, we're all guilty of this. And the interesting thing is we're all guilty of this, but we forget that we're all guilty of this. And so when we see other people seek after life in dead places and dead things, we shake our heads and we say, oh, how foolish. <laughs> oh, how silly. Oh, how ignorant it is that they think they will find life in their possessions, in their money, in their relationships. But oftentimes we do the same things. We knowingly do the opposite and look for life in the opposite place for where, for what, and for who we are looking for and expect to find. See, it would be crazy to go to a, a pizza parlor and expect to get a fish dinner. It would be ridiculous to travel to Alaska or Antarctica in search for warm weather. <laughs> it would be ridiculous to come to Missouri looking for consistent weather, <laughs> unless you're looking for consistently inconsistent weather. No one goes to a party to be somewhere quiet and all alone. In each of these instances, there are contradictions. You don't go to a party because you want to be by yourself in a quiet place. You don't go to a pizza parlor because you want fish. You don't come to Missouri because you want consistent weather unless you're looking for consistently inconsistent weather. Now, we, those, those examples, we laugh at that. And, and if somebody went to a pizza parlor and was mad because they didn't have fish and, and threw a fit and you were in a restaurant and, and we turned around and we said, what's going on? And your server said, they're mad because we don't have fish. <laughs> <laughs> if you went to Pizza Hut, Godfather's Pizza, Papa John's, Papa Murphy's, wherever, and you saw that and you experienced that, you would say, that's just, <laughs> what were they thinking? But here's the thing. When it comes to looking for life, all of us do the very same thing. Amen. We look in the opposite places of where Jesus tells us life is. Amen. And so when you think about that, we all do that. The place of real hope, of real truth, of real love, of real life can only be found in Christ. And so here's the next point. We, we, we are guilty of this. The reason is, is we, that we look in the wrong places is because we believe, we do not believe 
rather, and do not remember what God has said. We're looking the wrong places because we don't believe what God said or we don't remember what God said. And isn't that what the angel said? Why are you looking for life in the place where there's death? Don't you remember that he said to you? And so it says that in the verses, he says, he is not here, verse 6. He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified in the third, and the third day rise again? And verse 8 says, and they remembered his words. They had forgotten what Jesus said. And it took them remembering and choosing to believe what he said for a change to take place in them. And so we're in this situation, next point, because sin distorts our reception and our perception of God's word. Sin distorts it. You know, in, in, in nature and in the world, they talk about uh, the earth's atmosphere and how it shields us from some of the ultraviolet radiation that hits us so we're not getting the full blast of it. And when things try to come through the Earth's atmosphere sometimes, even when they're trying to send signals from a, a space station or a satellite or a shuttle back to the Earth, a lot of times things are scrambled and they have to boost the signal and do things so that the message that comes through comes through clearly. Sin acts like that around us. And God says, I love you. I love you. I've sent Jesus to die for you. I want you to be with me. But what we hear because of sin and what the devil says and does is God doesn't love me. And because of the things that we face in this life, our feelings seem to confirm that message. And so we, we, we treat it as, as, as if it's true. So our ability to receive what God has said, our ability to, to correctly perceive what God has said is hindered. Sin has the ability to do that. And it's a terrible thing because people long for hope. And they're trying to make sense out of this life. But the sad thing about it is they don't look to their creator. <laughs> they don't look to uh, the one who they don't look to the one who created everything. They look to themselves. And they ask their friends. And they ask a whole lot of other people that aren't in relationship with Jesus. And then when they don't like what God has said, or their experiences seem to contradict what God says, then they do what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1, where he says that they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And professing to be wise, they actually become fools. And so when people are not satisfied with what God has to say, and they're not satisfied with God's responses, they profess themselves to be wise. 
And they say, I'm going to go with my own story and my own logic behind this, and they actually become fools. Next point, number three, the results of this dilemma. The results of the dilemma, and I've noted two for you here, and we find these in this passages in verse 11 and 12. It says, verses 11 and 12, the women go back and they begin to talk to the apostles and tell them everything. And it, it says in verse 11, it says, but these words appeared to them as nonsense and they would not believe them. So the result of sin, the result of this dilemma is that next point here, the truth of God seems like nonsense to us. The very word of God, the very life-changing word of God, when we have forgotten what God has said, or we've chosen not to believe what God has said, causes the very word of God not to be life to us, but foolishness to us. Isn't that something? That the women could come back and tell the apostles and the others that the tomb is empty and that we saw angels and they reminded us of the things that Jesus said, not just to us, but to you as well. And because we choose not to believe what Jesus said and we choose not to remember what Jesus said, the very words of Christ are foolishness and nonsense to us. And that's what the verse tells us that it became like nonsense to them, what the women were saying. Secondly, next point here, not only that, but not only does the truth seem like nonsense, but we waste time and resources and emotions trying to make dead things more tolerable. (laughs) And so we try to dress up dead things and make them look nice and smell nice. And isn't that what happened in verse 1? The women went to the tomb expecting to find a dead body. They had forgotten what Jesus said to them. And so what did they do? They spent time preparing all the spices. And when they went to the tomb, they went to prepare the body. And when we don't remember what Jesus said, we don't remember what the scriptures say, and or we choose not to believe it, not only does what God say becomes nonsense, but we go to the wrong places looking for life. And it's not really giving us life, but we have to convince ourselves that, that, that we're going to get something out of it. And so we just try to dress it up and we try to make it smell nice. We try to make it look nice. And, and people will tell you, people that love Jesus and love us will tell us, you're not going to find life there. Why are you looking there? But we just, we try to prop it up. And we try to make it look nice because <laughs> we don't believe. We don't believe. And so that's the results of this. And, and we may not realize it, but we choose what we choose to believe corresponds to how we'll live. When we don't believe reality as God says it is, and when we don't embrace that, we're in trouble. And we'll do our own thing and we'll just, <laughs> we'll try to dress up the things that don't bring life and the things that we know are wrong. Ever done something wrong but, but, and you knew it was wrong, but you were embarrassed and, and you didn't want other people to tell you. So you try to dress it up, even in how you tell them about what you're doing. Like, you know it's wrong, but you try to, you try to say it in a way that, well, that might be right. <laughs> we waste time, money, 
resources, emotion, trying to make the dead thing that we've decided we're going to hold on to more tolerable. So the women got the message. They ran and told the disciples. And, and that, that, that leads kind of to our, our last point. And it's important because if you hear the word of God, but you just stop right there and you don't respond to the word of God, nothing changes. So they didn't just stop there, but point four, looking at the appropriate response to the dilemma, the appropriate response The gospel calls us to repent of wrong actions and for embracing wrong ways of thinking. So the issue of we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The issue of sin distorting our our reception and our perception is when we receive the word of God, is to repent of the fact that we've embraced something else other than the word of God and to walk according to the word of God. Because the gospel calls us to repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means I'm not in charge. And that means you're not in charge. That means Jesus is in charge. And that means that things that go against the kingdom of God are the things that I need to forsake and the things that I need to, to move away from and the things that I need to, to, to renounce. The gospel calls us to repent of wrong thinking and wrong actions. And so this word challenges us to stop seeking the living among the dead and attempting to draw life from the wrong people and the wrong places and the wrong things. And it calls us to a new way of thinking and a new place to seek life from. The women didn't stay at the tomb rationalizing away what they had heard or what they had experienced, but they reacted in accordance with the truth. You know, the thing about this, if we really believe what God says and who God is, life is not a problem. When we really believe who God is and what God has said. See, if, if, if you and I really believe that God is holy and God is just and God is good and God is merciful and God is all loving and God is all knowing and God is, is, is sovereign and God really is faithful. Like, like, not, that, not, like not that friend that, that says they're going to be there and then they're not there. Not like imperfect human beings that are there sometimes and not there sometimes, but God is really faithful 100% of the time. If we really believe that, if we really believe that God is everywhere at the same time, throughout all of time, transcending all things, but yet is eminently close to each and every one of us and is concerned about every idiosyncrasy of our lives if we really believe that that's the God that we serve, 
That's the God of the Bible. That's the God who has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and who enables us to live according to the word of God through the Holy Spirit, if we really believe that. Then this dilemma is not a dilemma for us. And then we won't look for life in all the wrong places. We won't look for life in the places that we shouldn't. See, if we only believe some of the things that God says about himself, the whole thing breaks down. We literally have to believe everything that God says about himself or none of it's true. And see, belief is always a choice. Believing God is always a choice. It's always a choice. And God gives us grace to be able to do it. What's the writer of Hebrews tell us? That faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence that we have in our spirit to be able to, with our minds, choose to believe what God has said. And if we really believe that God is who he says he is, in his fullness, and all of those things that I mentioned and more, then when difficult times come, we don't have to see ourselves as victims of our circumstances. We don't have to see ourselves as those who, by happenstance, are going through what we're going through. But we can see the situations and the tragedies that we deal with as an opportunity for God to reveal his greatness and as an opportunity for God to bless us in a new and unique way. Uh, it's an opportunity for God to show his love to us. That's really what we see on the cross, isn't it? If I really believe that God is who he says he is, then, then I can be like the Apostle Paul. In Romans 8 and 28, it says that, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them which are called according to his purpose. And so when tragic situations happen, it doesn't have to be a tragedy because God is going to cause all of those things to work for my good and your good. And so in closing, let me say this. When life challenges us, when life gets, seems to get the best of us, we must turn back to God and we must remember and believe what he said. Trish? We need to be reminded. We need to remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. When we're going through things and we feel like we can't make it, we must remember that God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in our weakness. So in closing, Jesus Christ is risen with all power and authority. He's not in the grave anymore, but he's risen. And so today, each of us, as we think about that, are left with the same question that the angels said to the women. Why are you looking for life among dead things? Why? 
And then we have to decide. Each of us has to decide. If we're going to continue to seek after what we need for this life in dead things and in dead places, or whether we're going to remember what Jesus said and to believe what he said, because everything that we need is in Jesus. For the Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And so my prayer is that each of us will seek after God, will choose to believe and to remember all that he has said and done for our blessing and for his glory. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we are thankful for the resurrection of your son and for all that this means for us. And we pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would work in us and show us those things, those areas where we've stopped looking to you, but we've allowed fear and unbelief and the influence of sin to cause us to reject the truth and to look for life in all the wrong places. Father, show us those areas in our life where we have rejected the truth or where we've failed to remember the truth. Put people in our lives just like those angels that would ask those questions. And as we ponder them, bring us back to the truth that we might walk as the people of God, worthy of the call that is upon us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.